Vegas Resort and Casino presents... It's on a Ford Giant. Wireless. This is 5G done right by Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas. Pick up any of our award-winning sauces on the way home tomorrow night at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas. The D Las Vegas Resort and Casino, home of Bar Canada, a north of the border home, Las Vegas style. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, ultra smooth. Part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy. All right, welcome in hockey fans to Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. Presented by our friends at the D Las Vegas Hotel, Resort and Casino. Scott Strandy joining you from beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada tonight. And it is my pleasure to welcome in the newest team member, if you will, to Ice Time Hockey Southwest and my new co-host here on the Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly Podcast, Rob Rothfarb is with me. Rob, how are you? I am well, thank you, Scott. I appreciate the warm welcome and I'm uh, just happy to be here. Well, we're happy to have you. You're not only going to be doing the uh, podcast with me, and uh, cover professional hockey with us, but you're also going to be doing some sales. So uh, before we jump into all that and start talking hockey tonight, let us know what uh, your background is in hockey. I know, but maybe the listeners don't. (laughs) Uh, Well, I've been around the game of hockey since I'm a little kid. I grew up in New York, uh, skating on the ponds, uh, honing my game there, doing some roller hockey as well. Uh, But it wasn't really until I came out here uh, I played hockey a little bit in college, uh, club hockey uh, for one of ASU's teams. Uh, but really when I got out to the uh, Southern California areas really, where I started playing a lot more hockey and I even picked up officiating. Uh, I'm a certified USA hockey official since 2009. So I know it from the player's perspective. I know it from the official's perspective. And honestly, I know it from the broadcaster's perspective as well. Well, that's uh, a really good thing to have. I have it as well. I'm a... Uh a level four referee, a level four coach at one point. I uh, haven't done much of that in a long time, but uh, stand that part of it, and you're right. It is a great perspective to be able to bring to the listeners and everybody out there that uh, wants to know more about hockey. If you understand it from all different angles, it makes the game so much more enjoyable, in my opinion. Oh, I agree totally. When when you could see it from different perspectives, from the 3,000 mile high level all the way down to the ice level uh the other thing that i didn't mention is i I used to be a zamboni driver as well so i've seen it from exactly the ice level (laughs) so that's 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 something in my past a little bit too (laughs) well i have also done that so uh, i'm with you on that sounds like we're gonna make a uh uh a really good combo here for professional hockey southwest weekly so once again we're glad to have you on board uh, Rob, being in Southern California, is also going to be our national sales uh, director. So if you have any interest in jumping on board with us, and we hope you do, uh, his information will be up and available to you very shortly on the website. You can also follow him on Twitter. I think it's ITHSWROB or just ITHSWR. How did we come up with that one? <laughs> I think it's R. I, I don't know if it's a Twitter thing, but I, if you look at the uh, name it, that it says, it says ITHSW Rob, R O B B. But when uh, with the handle, it just says at uh, ITHSWR. I don't know. Either, I, I, I don't know technology. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, I found you. So, uh, and as I said, Twitter has a mind of its own. So don't be shocked at that as we go along. But 
this show uh, that Rob is joining me on is Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly right now. We anticipate a name change coming up uh, at the start of our fiscal year in July. But for now, it's Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, and we talk hockey in the professional levels, which means the American, the National Hockey League, focusing on the West and the South from and uh, everything in between. So right now, it's really what we have is uh, the AHL Pacific Division playoffs going on. So we're going to get into that in just a little bit. We're also going to get into the NHL side of things and what's going on there because there's lots of stuff that uh, is uh, is going on there as well. So we'll be uh, into a bunch of different things here and uh, and be talking hockey with you. So hope you're ready, Rob. Uh, I have my seatbelt fastened. <laughs> well, well, that's good because you're joining a team where we drive crazy, so be ready. <laughs> well, a- any team that Paul is on, you know, you know you have to drive crazy. So I've, I've been buckling up with Paul for over 30 years. So uh, I'm looking forward to the fu- this fun ride again. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, uh, you know, Paul, I know, is going to be listening if he isn't already because uh, he wouldn't want to miss this for his life. So... Uh, <laughs> he's already sending uh, characters to us as we speak, but um, yeah, it's going to be fun. We have so many things to talk about, so many great uh, hockey teams here in the Southwest. And Rob, as you know, in Southern California, the American Hockey League has grown crazily over the last uh, couple of years, five years, I guess. You know, we have the uh, Ontario Reign and we have uh, the uh, San Diego Gulls, of course. we got Palm Springs joining us, so we've got a bunch coming on. So we'll look forward to uh, to covering all of that as well. I'm looking forward to it. The Ontario Reign uh, moved all their uh, facilities to Toyota Center, which is right down the street, which is where I play my pickup hockey. Uh, so I'm looking forward to being able to be there on a regular basis and cover uh, for our podcast the rain as well as the goals. Uh, I'm looking forward to getting out to Palm Springs. Uh, I don't know where they're going to be playing because this I don't think there's an arena built yet out in Palm Springs. So if they play in Irvine, uh, that's a quick jump for me as well. Uh, a lot of good things happening in Southern California as far as hockey. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I can tell you right now, I drove through coming from Irvine back through and stopped in, uh, in uh, Palm Springs to take a look. And actually the building hasn't even started yet, so they definitely won't be in there for a couple of years. But uh, it's going to be right off of I-10, from what I've been told, I-10 and uh, I think Cook Street or something like that. So uh, it's going to be very accessible to anywhere that you go. But anyway, uh, that's, uh, that's that. So right now we're down to four teams in the AHL Pacific Division playoffs. And the unique part about that, Rob, is the AHL Pacific Division is the only division – that uh, offered up a playoff series. Well, and I know that the uh, the Western uh, half is uh, very excited about it, even though there's no Calder Trophy winner. Uh, they're they're playing like there's a Calder Trophy uh, finalist and winner that's going to be named. So they're not letting up at all, uh, thinking that this is just basically exhibition games for a playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it was a little bit controversial coming in, and I don't want to get too much on the negative side of it, but... Um, the players uh, had a collective bargaining agreement at the AHL level as well, and they decided that they were going to have uh, um, a, a reduction in their pay due to reduction in games. So they accepted a 48% uh, pay decrease for the regular season and nothing for the, uh, for the uh, playoffs. So basically what that means is they're playing – for free right now and I know that the AHL is trying to get it all wrapped up by the end of this month so that those players that have leases on apartments and things like that can actually get out of their lease at the end of May and don't have to pay another month to, to be in a playoff series that they're not going to get paid for. Well, it's it's all about the bottom line dollar. Uh, the player you know, don't want to uh, do anything without being paid for it. The owners don't want to pay so that they're always at an impasse when it comes to this type of stuff. Yeah, absolutely, but uh, the, the the play on the ice has not suffered one bit. I mean, I watched uh, the Henderson Silver Knights, and we'll get into that, like I said, in just a few minutes. But uh, when we look at uh, 
you know, just what's happening in San Diego. Uh, as you and I talked off air before the show, um, they brought back two of their stars, which are NHL stars, uh, that still had the ability to play in the AHL, two young kids, Jamie Drysdale and, uh, of course, Trevor Zegras, put them onto the uh, San Diego golf team, and uh, they're playing to win a championship. So uh, they will play Bakersfield tonight. We'll get into that in a minute. And uh, before we do that, we'll take a quick break and we'll uh, we'll come back and jump right into the AHL. So stick with us at uh, Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. And Rob, welcome aboard. Thank you. All right, we're back. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. Scott Strandy joining you from beautiful uh, Las Vegas, Nevada tonight. And uh, my new co-host, uh, Rob Farb. <laughs> Rob Rothfarb. Okay, I knew I would get that up, Rob. I knew I would one time. Uh, i got to get used to this. But uh, we're back, and uh, glad to have you on board. We're going to talk AHL right now, and we kind of divided this up. And the reason we did that was because I was in Las Vegas to watch Henderson uh, take on San Jose, and you were keeping an eye on the uh, San Diego-Bakersfield uh, matchup. So go ahead, take it away. Let us know what you saw in, the, uh, in Game 2 that led us to a Game 3, which is going on in uh, less than an hour. Well, the biggest difference between the two games – there's, two, there's a couple differences. One, five power play goals between the two teams in game one and zero power play goals in game two. The goaltending was outstanding in both games for the winning teams. Uh, Stuart Skinner has stopped 57 to 64 shots. He stopped 31 of 33 in game two and was the number three star of the game. In the first game, it was all about Lucas Dostal as he stopped uh, – what was it, 39 of 42 shots in game one, and he has stopped an amazing 73 of 79 overall for a 924 save percentage. Uh, the biggest thing that uh, about San Diego is they've only outshot the uh, the Bakersfield Condors one period of all nine periods that, that they've had, uh, or six periods that they had. They've only outshot, if you include overtime, they which they outshot one nothing, but they've only outshot them in one period. So that means the Condors have been all over him. And if it wasn't for Lucas Dostel, if Stuart Skinner was playing to the level of Dostel, 
that it would be a sweep in favor of the Condors. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you on that. When you look at um, the play in the AHL, a lot of people think it's a scoring league, but uh, it's a developmental league, which means that the goaltenders uh, become just as versed in their craft as the uh, the offense and the defensemen do. Uh, so you would expect that there's going to be games like that that are kind of hit and miss. But um, one thing that I noticed with San Diego is, as I mentioned, they brought Jamie Drysdale back. They brought uh, Trevor Zegras back. And now we have uh, two guys that got a really good taste of the NHL this season back competing for a championship in the AHL. So that's kind of cool. And I'm uh, you know, a little bit partial to the fact that I'd like to see San Diego and Henderson play for the title so I can see those two on the ice against a very good Henderson Silver Knights team. Well, it's definitely the have and have nots. The upper half of the uh, Pacific Division uh, is the, are the haves, and then the lower half are the have nots. Uh, the top three point getters were uh, Bakersfield, San Diego, and of course Henderson, who led the way. Uh, so you expect good hockey coming from the teams that are remaining. And that's why Henderson, even though they struggled a little bit with San Jose, San Jose they just wore them down. They were just bigger, they were faster, they were stronger uh, than San Jose. And in San Diego and Bakersfield, it seems to me that uh, Bakersfield's a little bigger, a little faster, a little stronger than San Diego, at least in these two games that I've seen. Uh, Bakersfield will shoot from anywhere. And as you know, there's no bad shot. Yeah, absolutely. And when you look at the uh, the way this happened in a playoff series like this, um, there was playoff games, which I was at in Irvine last week, um, Tuesday and Wednesday. Um, and then Bakersfield and San Diego were the two, three seed. So they just basically got a week off. Well, what happened in Irvine was the uh, Tucson Roadrunners took on the uh, San Jose Barracuda in game one. Um, they played to a 2-1 win for the Barracuda. And then 7 p.m. that night, we had Colorado uh, taking on Ontario. That game went to overtime. Colorado wins it 5-4, to four, which sets up a matchup on Wednesday night uh, between San Jose and Colorado. And I think what we saw there, Rob, was that uh, – Colorado was just gassed in the third period for sure because they played an overnight game at night. San Jose played the day game and was home uh, back in their hotels basically sleeping before that game was over with probably. So uh, I think we saw that matchup. And, and now um, uh, San Jose got through and uh, earned their spot to uh, take on Henderson. You just said the number one seed. They get to uh, the Orleans and they got to play a game the very next day. Uh, well, I guess they had Thursday off, but they played Friday. Uh, they got Saturday off and then played Sunday again. And you could see uh, in an afternoon game on Sunday that they were a little wore down by the end of the, uh, the second and third period. And, and uh, Henderson, of course, was at home waiting for them, and they just uh, finished them off. And, yeah, and uh, I, I expect something very similar, at least in game one, a hangover effect of this uh, series uh, game three, which is happening at six o'clock uh, Pacific time. Uh, Henderson's going to be nice and rested, and they they're going to be home, and they're going to be uh, in the new in the T-Mobile Arena uh, instead of uh, their Orleans Arena. So I, there's going to be that much extra adrenaline flowing, and I, I just think that Henderson is the is the better team. I would like to see San Diego win, but I just I just think that it's Henderson's year. Yeah, I totally agree with you, and that's so funny to say because this franchise came into existence in the middle of a worldwide pandemic. Uh, they've done nothing wrong, uh, basically. Everything right. They followed in the footsteps of what they call their big sibling, their big brothers, if you will, the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. And uh, Paul Hornstein and I were able to watch the very first practice that they had in January. And we're watching that practice. Um, we were talking about just how good this team might be. They had two great goaltenders, one a left-handed catch, one a right-handed catch. They had experience, they had young guys, they had talent, they had grinders, everything that you'd want to build a team with. And then you bring in a coach like Manny Viveros, fantastic job with the room. And uh, he, he was able to mold that into a team that's going to uh, probably win the, uh, the Pacific Division Championship of the AHL in their very first season. And, and hats off to him. He's done a phenomenal job. He's had a lot of good information from how the Golden Knights ran their business uh, and how to handle that. Because remember, the Golden Knights 
have one season and then, you know, they're basically in the pandemic, you know, they're in the pandemic as well. So they're doing all this, uh, you know, based, not by the seat of their parents, but in a tough situation. And, you know, to be able to help their uh, younger sibling uh, come along in the middle of a pandemic, uh, it just shows you what kind of management that system has. Yeah, without a doubt. I had a chance to go up and watch uh, Golden Knights uh, morning skate today. And as I peeked over to my right up on the little perch, uh, sat Kelly McCrimmon and uh, George McPhee uh, with their eagle eyes on their Vegas Golden Knights team. But um, Kelly McCrimmon also in charge of the Silver Knights. And uh, they've done a really good job of branding themselves together on and off the ice. But don't forget, I mean, Vegas has only been around five years. So, I mean, uh, when you talk about hockey here, it's really strange, Rob. Every time I come here, because I go to City National, I see two nice ice sheets that are less than five years old. I obviously know about T-Mobile downtown, the game arena. Then you drive over to Henderson, 30 miles to the, uh, what, southeast, I guess, and you uh, find another two-sheet beautiful arena that was actually not built for the Silver Knights but was adapted in uh, mid-construction to fit the Silver Knights. So they, they house them for their practice facility, which I'll be at tomorrow. And, uh, and then you look at what they're building in the center of Henderson, if you will, um, a beautiful 6,000-seat arena that's uh, already got a roof going up on it. So that will be ready uh, in two years or less, a year and a half, I guess. And uh, they'll have the, uh, their own ice facility for them. So it's been just incredible what I've seen here. Just your thoughts from, from afar as far as what Henderson and Vegas has put together over the last six years. Uh, in awe of what they've done, uh, hockey is booming in, in, the, in the state of Nevada. Uh, I, without, before I started with the podcast, uh, I didn't really follow a lot of the AHL, but I knew about the Henderson Silver Knights because they do such a great job marketing uh, with the uh, knight that comes down and reads the goals and the assists and, and whatnot. Uh, so they, they create a buzz even for hockey fans that may not be fans of the AHL and that, be, that made me follow them more and want to see uh, how they're doing and, and follow them a little bit. So when I got a chance to talk about them today on a podcast, you know, I already had a little bit of an idea of their marketing background and, and what they've been able to do with, uh, with their management team. Yeah, you hit that right on the head and uh, I'll give you the official name. That's Harold the Town Crier that you're talking about with the long horn and uh, gives us a good uh, uh, medieval theme uh, of goal scored. It's, it's really fun. The fans have already adapted to him. The only 2,100 were allowed in uh, on Sunday afternoon, but they were rowdy. They were wild. They were into it. Um, there's never a doubt in Vegas that there's going to be an entertainment value, but uh, on the ice product has proved to be very well as well. And, uh, you know, Sunday was a game where you could kind of see they got the uh, Barracuda got on the board first, like 40 seconds into the game. And from that point on, it just looked like uh, the switch flipped on for the uh, Henderson Silver Knights and they started to roll. And it was a game where you saw, uh, two shorthanded goals, two power play goals. Um, they they just uh, did everything that you would need to do to win playoff hockey and got great goaltending. So um, I think it's going to be a good series, whoever they get. And you said uh, earlier that it's Bakersfield and San Diego tonight. So we'll see which one uh, jumps in there. I'm looking forward to watching the San Diego Bakersfield game, uh, but either either team, uh, well, it'll be a battle. Uh, they're not going to roll over for Henderson uh, at at all, but they will uh, give him a battle. But Henderson is, is, from what I've seen, the bigger, faster, stronger team uh, of the three teams remaining. I don't want to say there's a confidence uh, <laughs> a thing here in Vegas, but. Um, the Vegas Golden Knights today during their practice uh, were so loose and, uh, you know, it was an optional morning skate and, and they were all on the ice except for the three players that were injured. Um, but Marc-Andre Fleury was having a good time as he always done a dozen practice and it was the, the flow was good and everybody was excited and ready to play. I, I remarked to you off, uh, off air that it reminded me a little bit of a Bantam or Midget or maybe a junior team that was just uh, enjoying playing the game of hockey. And when that happens at the NHL level, it usually means good things for you. 
and it usually means bad things for your opponents. So we'll see what happens tonight with the Minnesota Wild in town for Game 5. Uh, when that confidence factor is rolled over to the Silver Knights as well, because the Silver Knights announced last night that they will play this uh, three best-of-three series at T-Mobile, which means that they got to do some juggling, because should Vegas Golden Knights lose tonight, they would go on Wednesday back to Minnesota. If they would lose that game, they would have to come back and play Game 7 Friday night in uh, T-Mobile. So uh, I think there's a confidence factor from the Henderson Silver Knights point and uh, from the Vegas Golden Knights point that Vegas Golden Knights are going to get things done uh, either tonight or Wednesday and not have to worry about uh, juggling schedules on Friday and Saturday. Well, Minnesota has getting, given uh, Vegas all they could handle. But when you're that loose, as you were talking about, they were in practice, usually good things happen when that happens. You're not t- gripping your stick too tight. Uh, you're able to pass. Uh, the puck's not bouncing too much. So I, I think that the uh, Vegas Golden Knights will handle their business tonight, and, and you won't have to worry about a scheduled conflict over the weekend. Well, I, I think you're probably right on that one. There's going to be 11,000 people in T-Mobile, which is still 7,000 short of a sellout. Um, but due to pro- COVID protocols right now, I think if you've told people six, seven months ago that you were going to get 11,000 people in and, uh, in May, uh, you'd all be pretty thankful. So good job to the uh, the Vegas Golden Knights and, uh, of course, the city of Las Vegas and everybody at T-Mobile and the state of Nevada for being able to get this all worked out so they can get fans in. Because anybody knows if you've been to a a Golden Knights game, it is a difference maker, the crowd. So uh, look for big things tonight. Um, On the AHL side of things, uh, you know, I watched two weeks ago when when, um, the Silver Knights hosted San Jose uh, in a matinee game. We called it the days, the day and nights because they played a day game of professional hockey and a night game of professional hockey with the uh, Golden Knights taking on the Blues that night. And uh, another historic day for Nevada and for Henderson and for Las Vegas because they uh, did something that nobody thought they'd ever do, play two professional hockey games with four teams uh, on one day. Well, it, the excitement in, in Nevada, uh, I have some friends that live in Nevada that are huge hockey fans. Uh, everywhere you go, it's something about the Golden Knights. On Twitter, uh, I follow some people that are Golden Knights fans, and they live in Arizona. Uh, but they're just so excited about their team, and their marketing is so fan-friendly that it just you can't help but be a fan and jump on their bandwagon and want, it, and want them to do well. Yeah, I totally agree with you on all of that. So uh, whether it's Bakersfield or San Diego, they're going to get to play in the big rink, if you will, at uh, T-Mobile Arena when that series gets underway. Uh, we don't know yet. I'm assuming it's going to be Wednesday, take an off day Thursday, and then play Friday, Saturday, since they want to try to get things wrapped up uh, by the uh, the end of uh, May, or by the 29th is the self-imposed deadline that they've set up with the AHL. So I guess we'll know uh, later tonight how that uh, schedule will play out. Let's take another quick break, Rob, and let's come back and let's talk a little NHL hockey in about three minutes. Sounds good. Really, JR, you think you can still do this? I'm focused. You're way too old to hit that target from there. I've been listening to everything you said. It's been running through my head, locked and low. you know that there is no shortage of great Mexican food. But if you want authentic taste with a fair price and relaxed atmosphere, then head to Burrito Express. From the breakfast burrito served all day to combination plates for lunch, Burrito Express delivers that homemade taste you would expect from your own kitchen. Try all of our authentic Mexican recipes at any of our six East Valley locations, from Scottsdale to Gilbert and all points in between. ASU alumni owned and operated since 1995. Go to burritoexpress.com and check out our menu or find a location to order for fast pickup or delivery.
Gary Stevens. Download your new sports betting app with Circus Sports. Get 24-7 access to a dynamic sports betting menu, including props, futures, cross-sport parlays, in-game wagering, and more. Sign up for the mobile wagering app at CircusSports.com. Then visit one of our downtown Las Vegas sportsbooks at the D or the Golden Gate to activate and fund your mobile wagering account. Learn more at CircusSports.com. Ray's Barbecue for lunch. Oh, that fortress. That combination of brisket, hot links, fries, mac and cheese, surrounded by a fence of ribs. I'm in. Exactly. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right behind the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Check out their pulled pork, smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone baby back ribs. Jesse Ray's Barbecue has been voted the best barbecue in Las Vegas two years running. So whether it's a midday meal or a pregame feast, head to Jesse Ray's Barbecue for all their award-winning tastes. All right, we're back. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. Scott Strandy joining you from the 24th floor of the Rio Suite Hotel in Las Vegas. Uh, not from the familiar sights of uh, Scottsdale, Arizona. And it's always a treat to come to Vegas. Everybody treats me so well and takes such good care of me that uh, it's uh, it's fun. So had a chance to watch a little morning skate today. Also want to welcome in my new co-host, Rob Rothfarb. The beautiful Southern California weather out there. Uh, it's hard to get Rob, I think, to commit to this full time because who would when you live in Southern California? Uh, the weather is great. It's one of the reasons I live here. The two main reasons, the fact that games, I could watch a full day of football and it'd still be only 8 o'clock and the weather here is great. <laughs> can't argue that one bit. Definitely can't argue with that. Okay, we talked AHL hockey. The other side of the coin today is NHL hockey. Obviously, the playoffs going on, and uh, in our neck of the woods, we have uh, the Colorado Avalanche clinched, swept, uh, got the President's Trophy, did everything they needed to do to get through uh, round one. Um, Then you look at the Vegas Golden Knights, who are going to try to uh, eliminate the Minnesota Wild tonight, and, of course, our... uh, Arizona Coyotes, unfortunate, did not get into the playoffs this year. So they are in a rebuilding mode. They're looking for a new head coach. Uh, I've said this since uh, the day that Rick Tockett stepped aside, that Mike Van Ryan would be the most likely candidate. I think it's picking up more traction. A really good chance that Mike Van Ryan will be uh, named the head coach um, very soon for the Arizona Coyotes, in my estimation. But, Rob, let's talk uh, Vegas Golden Knights before we jump into everything else. Uh, big game tonight. We talked a little bit about what's been happening at uh, the morning skate, and uh, we've seen what's happened over the previous four games. So your thoughts on what you've seen from the Vegas Golden Knights? Uh, it starts and ends with Marc-Andre Fleury. Uh, he's playoff proven. He's won a couple Stanley Cups. Uh, it all it he he's the reason why Vegas to me is actually the favorite and not Colorado uh, because I would I would take him over Grubauer to make that clutch save even if it's a shootout a 10-9 game I still think that Flurry will make that one save uh, over Grubauer uh, but Vegas they, they're big they're fast they're strong I, I think it sounds a little bit like the Henderson Silver Knights uh, they're one of the bigger faster teams in the league. Uh, they, they play hard, they're always on you, they have heavy shots, and their defense hit and hit hard. And I think it's going to be a great series if they do close it out tonight and then play Colorado. Uh, but uh, every team should want to make their team a lot like the uh, Golden Knights. Yeah, it's been that way from the start, Rob. Um, we've seen uh, the way that uh, George McPhee built the roster uh, right from the very expansion draft and of course we're having another expansion draft with the seattle kraken coming in to the nhl this season so that's just on the horizon down the road after the playoffs uh, are over and the stanley cup has been awarded but uh one of the things i think vegas has done so well and they've done it especially well under peter DeBoer, is they've transitioned well and i know there was frustration at the upper levels of management with the the golden knights and the fact that they, they weren't getting out of their zone clean enough. 
And uh, that was one of the things that uh, uh, Peter DeBoer came when he came in. Uh, we all joked because there was a dry board uh, up on the glass again. And Gerard Gallant never used one or very frequently, infrequently used it. So uh, Peter DeBoer instilled that. And now what you're seeing is th th those are mirror images. The Golden Knights and the Silver Knights, uh, when they transition, they look identical, just at uh, different levels of uh, professional hockey. Sorry there. Uh, no, I agree. I agree. And the other thing is the balance. Uh, I, I just was perusing the scoring leaders for the playoffs, and it, you'll have to go down pretty far to, before you find your first Vegas Golden Knight. And it's not because they don't have good scorers. They just have such balance that both offensively and defensively, they are probably the most balanced team. Colorado is pretty balanced on their defensive side as well. Uh, but they're so balanced. They have great uh, play down the middle of the play. They've got big wingers. They've got defensemen that like to hit. And they've got a goalie that will make that key save when you need it. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, you, you build your team like you do at any level from the goal out. And when you've got Robin Leonard and you've got uh, Marc-Andre Fleury in net, you feel pretty comfortable with your, uh, your chances uh, in any game. But then when you add the depth of a Mark Stone and a Max Pacioretty and even uh, Jonathan Marchessault and uh, William Carlson, and then you bring in the, uh, the young, speedy Alex Tuck, and you've got guys like Cody Glass, which I saw today working real hard, trying to earn a spot in that lineup, and then Chandler Stevenson, what can you say about him? And then you bring in uh, a couple of solid defensemen like uh, um, Alex Petrangelo and uh, Alex Martinez, and you put them in with Shea Theodore and uh, Nick Holden and go down the list. I mean, it's a solid roster from uh, top to bottom. And not to say that Colorado doesn't have that, but I think you're right. I think it comes down to goaltending until uh, Philip Grubauer can, can prove that he can be a playoff goaltender and get quality wins in the playoffs. Uh, a lot of people are going to say, show me. That That's it. It always starts and ends with goaltending in the playoffs. And Marc-Andre Fleury has been through the ringer. He's, he's done it before he's won. He's lost. So he knows both ends of it. Grubauer has never proven himself to be that number one goaltender. And he's kind of giving, getting that chance, for, uh, if I'm not mistaken, because of some injuries. But Marc-Andre Fleury was, was a 1B to a Robin Leonard. I mean, they were both splitting the time. But to have to go to a 1B that has Stanley Cup experience... Uh, I'll take that over uh, most goalies anyway. So when we look at what's going on around the rest of the NHL, obviously we focus on the West, um, and the West is different, right? It's uh, the Honda West, and it's it's got all pretty much a very tight geographical thing that was done for COVID. But uh, let's start right there. Let's talk a little bit about uh, what happened up north of the border, if you will, in Edmonton uh, and Winnipeg in that series and uh, your thoughts on that? Uh, again, it comes down to goaltending. Uh, the Edmonton goaltender, uh, Mike Smith, is not making the key save when, when needed. Uh, and he's not uh, been reliable. And when, when your back end is a leakage, then your front end, it doesn't matter how much you score because it's, they're just going to come back and, and score on your goalie anyway. Uh, but they were, they were in control of the game against Winnipeg yesterday. And then they got up 4-1, and it looked like they just put it into cruise control. And then Winnipeg said, you know what, we'll, we'll see if we can chip away and take our chances from there. And they chipped away, chipped away. All of a sudden, you, next thing you know, it goes into overtime. And you just looked at the bench, and you looked at everything. They just looked different. Yeah, I think uh... – Rob must have hit the mute button because I don't uh, I don't hear you. But anyway, uh, yeah, you back? <laughs> I'm I'm back. I'm sorry if I hit it too quickly. Yeah, uh, yeah. I I missed the uh, last end of that. If you want to repeat it. Uh, it, when when they went into the overtime, it, the bench of Edmonton just looked like they were defeated before they even played the overtime, and it wasn't. I, I'm, what it, was it? Was it pretty quick? I forgot what the time of the overtime goal was, uh, but. Edmonton, to me, is toast. They're cooked. Uh, I'd be very surprised if they don't get knocked out in four. You know, and that always amazes me, Rob, because when you have uh, uh, the uh, 
if not the best, one of the best uh, players in all of the National Hockey League with Connor McDavid and playing alongside Leon, Leon Dreisaitl. And you go, what's missing? And you hit it on the head. It's goaltending. And, uh, you know, Dave Tippett, I am happy to call him a friend, but um, I think he's leaning a little bit too much on his friendship with Mike Smith. Um, Mike Smith did some good things for him when they were in Dallas together. Uh, he had him in uh, Arizona together. And uh, now I think he's just leaning a little bit too much on, on Mike Smith. And I don't know if that means that he doesn't have confidence in his backup uh, or if he just uh, has so much confidence that Mike Smith will get it done. Um, I don't know. I really don't know. But I agree with you. They're, uh, they're facing an uphill battle. And Winnipeg is on a roll right now. They've got all the momentum behind them. Uh, they, again, they have the better goal. Connor Hellebeck is still a better goaltender than Mike Smith. And Connor Hellebeck, you know, when, when they were down 4-1, he, he made a couple of saves. You know, you always remember those type of saves that he made uh, that maybe turned the tide. And all of a sudden, it's a 4-4 game. And now, now when it's a tie game, you have a shaky goaltender, Mike Smith. You have a confident goal in Hellebeck because he hasn't given up a goal in a while. And, you know, you go from there and you see what happened. And Hellebuck didn't give up the goal in the overtime. Mike Smith did. And now Edmonton's facing an uphill 3-0 battle. I think I just slipped you on that one, Rob. I think I went through the mute button. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was going to say, I was like, I, I was typing. I didn't hear you. What I was saying, Rob, was there's lots of action going on in the NHL uh, tonight as well with the Islanders uh, trailing Pittsburgh 2-1 at the end of two. Uh, of course, Toronto and uh, Montreal are battling. It's now 2-1 in favor of Toronto in the second. Uh, Tampa Bay leading uh, Florida 1-0 uh, late in the first. And, of course, Edmonton-Winnipeg, 6.45 p.m. Eastern or Pacific time start. And then, of course, the Minnesota Wild taking on the Vegas Golden Knights, 7.30 p.m. Pacific. So, uh, okay, we're back. We're here. Everything's going great. All right, Rob, jump in and, and give us your thoughts on the rest of uh, uh, the West, if you will. Uh. Well, the the West being uh, the Canadian division, <laughs> or, or yeah, okay, let's the Canadian teams, but let's call it the North. Well, <laughs> Montreal, Montreal, and Toronto. Uh, I'll, I I go. I lean towards goaltending. I know that Toronto's leading one uh, two one right now, uh, but the by the end of this series, Carey Price will put his, his mark on this series before it's all said and done. Uh, because I just I just don't believe in Toronto's goaltender. Uh, you know they they're just not as strong as as Carey Price. Uh, you have what Campbell and uh, Fredrickson? Is that is, is that the other uh, goalie for uh, Toronto these days? But that uh, that's well, who knows? I, I think you're right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but goaltending goal will will reign supreme in that series uh, unless Carey Price falters. Uh, he's he's pretty strong uh, for the most part in the playoffs, uh, so I, I expect him to continue being strong. Uh, Carolina and Nashville uh, in the Central, you have uh, I think I just think Carolina is such a big strong team, and I think they're the team to beat. I just don't think they're getting the the goaltending right now that they need. So let me ask you this: When you look at uh, at Tampa Bay and uh, Florida, Tampa leading three one, and uh, Florida went back to Spencer Knight, I guess. 
uh, in net, the, the young rookie phenom. Your thoughts on what Spencer Knight's been doing in a, a battle that way? You know, sometimes rookies uh, don't play like rookies because they, they're just so loose. They, have, they feel they have nothing to lose. Uh, and that he's played pretty well. It will be interesting to see how he plays coming back to him. Uh, I mean, Tampa's got some momentum right now. They're up 3-1. Uh, they are the more talented of the teams, uh, and it's how they how their goaltender plays. Uh, you know, it all in, in the playoffs, in a short series, even though seven games is, can be a, considered a long series, but when you have a series like this, all you need is one goaltender to get hot, and it can change the whole outlook of the series. Yeah, you're 100% correct on that. Um, the thing that always surprises me in the playoffs, uh, Rob, is that we talked about Connor McDavid probably being ousted tonight, if not uh, very quickly in another first-round exit. And then you look at Austin Matthews, which, of course, is a native son of Arizona, and everybody's adopted him in the Southwest as their guy. Well, they've adopted him everywhere as one of the best players in the league. But Toronto built a roster again this year that they thought was going to be a playoff uh, a playoff dominant roster and so far it just hasn't uh, come to fruition uh no it has not they've been one of the most inconsistent teams uh that i have seen one one night they look like world beaters they'll win a game eight one then they'll turn around and they'll lose game seven two uh, so the consistency has not been their best friend and i think that when you get into a playoff series you need a little bit more consistency and that's why you're seeing them struggle with montreal because they've struggled all season long to put two, three, four games consecutively uh, without a loss. And that's, that's really the thing, because you, you look at what they've done, and I thought with the veterans they've brought in that maybe they would become more consistent or they'd, they'd be able to use uh, their experience to become more consistent or teach the, the youngsters, if you will, how to become more consistent. But I'll be honest with you, I think Toronto – comes right back to goaltending. They uh, they just need a Mark Andre Fleury that can stabilize uh, when your team is struggling. Remember when they got Campbell uh, from the Kings, I believe he was an up and coming with the Kings, but but he was blocked at the time. He was blocked by Jonathan Quick. So you you would think that that uh, Campbell is still got some good years ahead of him. I don't know that. Uh, you necessarily give up on him right now. It, he really—it's only been, uh, I think, what second year that he's playing, that he's getting the opportunity to play in the playoffs with Toronto. So I just think that uh, he's a big kid. I think that if you if you give him some time, give him a little defense, because that team is all about offense. They don't have the step the shutdown defenders like you have in, in uh, Colorado uh, or uh, the Vegas Knights. So I just think you give him to some defensive help, and maybe his game might turn around a little bit. Yeah, and, you know, that's what I noticed, too. Like, uh, you can see lapses in teams. Like, uh, the Golden Knights will have a lapse occasionally, but Marc-Andre steps up, and then it seems like uh, when he steps up and makes that big save, that momentum swing is like a wake-up call. It's like all of a sudden the whole team goes, wow, we almost gave one up. We can't let this happen. we got to get going. And all of a sudden, that energy level picks up, and the passes become more crisp, and the breakouts are better, and the defensive defensive zone coverage is better. Um, and I think that's what Toronto is lacking. Uh, they have a solid goaltender; he makes a big save, but somewhere there's a disconnect where it's like, "Oh, he made a great save. Okay, well we're good." And then, no, you're not good because the next uh, shift down the ice probably buries a puck on you. Well, it's a it's a young Toronto team of their superstars. And they, they're so used to being able to wheel and deal and do whatever they want and, and have the success. It's the NHL now. They, you know, you got to bring it every night, every shift. And that's what Toronto does not do. And that's why they're so inconsistent is, is they're not just inconsistent game to game. They're inconsistent shift to shift. And you don't, you know, just like Edmonton lost that 4-1 lead yesterday. Toronto has lost some leads like that, whereas they would seem like they were in control of the game. And then all of a sudden, one bad goal. And next thing you know, the floodgates open and they. Okay, so it's still in the first round of the uh, the playoffs at the moment. Uh, if I asked you, Rob, to uh, to give me a uh, a projected winner as you look at the uh, the playoffs right now, um, who's your favorite right now to win? 
Well, unfortunately, and I know we have some listeners here that might like the team, like the Islanders or something like that, but uh, it's going to come from the West, I think. I think that it's going to be the Colorado or the Golden Knights. I just think they're the two biggest, fastest, strongest, most complete teams that are left in the playoffs. If you're going to have a team on the other side of the bracket, uh, either from the North or Central, uh, I would look at either Tampa Bay or Carolina. Those would be the two that I would think. Uh, I, I would think that I would like to see a Carolina uh, Golden Knights or Carolina Colorado. I just think that the the speed of those games would just be off the charts. Scott, you're on mute. Oh, absolutely. I've got it. Um, so I said, for those that aren't looking at the uh, brackets, don't have them in front of you, uh, you will notice that the uh, Avalanche uh, swept the Blues and are now waiting the Vegas Golden Knights or the Minnesota Wild. Um, and then you look at uh, coming out of that bracket, you got Toronto uh, battling with Montreal and you got the Oilers battling with Winnipeg, which sure seems like it's going to be Winnipeg and and who knows, Toronto or uh, Montreal. But So when you get down, I, I look at the two brackets, uh, Rob, and I don't know who's got the easy, easier path if there is such a thing. Uh, it's playoff hockey. It's seven games. You have to win four. It, nothing's easy. Uh, but just looking at the West with Colorado having to play Vegas in the next round if Vegas advances past Minnesota, uh, right there, there's the two heavyweights. So by the time they get to the next round, which would be the Eastern Conference Finals, which would be either the Bruins or the winner of the Islanders and Penguins, uh, they, they're battle-tested. And I think that I'll still take Flory over some of the goaltenders that are still left uh, between the Penguins and the Islanders. Uh, they don't have any solid goaltending. I mean, for Lamar or Sorokin, they could get hot at any time. Don't get me wrong. But uh, the Islanders have great defense. And... That's, that's the one thing that they have in their favor is they have great defense in front of their goaltending. So uh, I just don't see the Eastern Conference beating the Western Conference in the bracket. And then as far as the Central and the North, I think that it's going to be the Tampa Bay or Carolina taking out the winner of the Winnipeg uh, over either Montreal or Toronto. Yeah, I totally agree. When I when I uh, look at the brackets, uh, I get reminded by somebody out on Long Island that uh, they're going to reseed. Uh, so so it'll be a different set of uh, matchups, I guess. Um, so so thank you, Long Islander, for bringing that up. I I assume that you think your Islanders are getting through to face Boston. So uh, we'll we'll leave it at that. Uh, <laughs> uh, as I as I kind of wrap up the show today, Rob, and we talk about. Uh, the NHL, it's been different. 56 games right after a, a bubble uh, season, and now they're back on the ice, and then you're going to have a, a summer layoff, which is going to be, quote-unquote, close to normal, and you're going to have uh, an expansion draft and the addition of the Seattle Kraken. You're going to have your regular draft, and then you're going to be back in again. So um, will we be back to normal, in your opinion, when uh, things get going for real next well, I, the the uh, in football, I know this is hockey, but in football in in the New York area, they're going to allow full fans. If the full fans are allowed in the Garden, which I expect it to be, and uh, also at the uh, wherever the Islanders are playing, you know, Coliseum. No, they they're done with the Coliseum. So, hey, uh, Mr. Islander fan, where are they playing next year? Are they back to Brooklyn? Are they are they uh, in Aqueduct? Where are they playing next year? Uh, but I think it will be back to as close to normal because you're going to have uh, playing out of the divisions uh, that, that you didn't have this year. Uh, and believe me, look, the East was the toughest division out of all of them just to go through. I mean, nobody expected Pittsburgh to come out on that in that division to begin with. Everybody thought they would miss the playoffs to begin with. But it, you won't be playing the same team as many times, so uh, there will be more normal. Well, the Capitals exited uh, to Boston uh, in four games to one, and a lot of questions popped up uh, immediately after that loss last night was uh, T.J. Oshie played his last game as a Capital. Uh, will the Kraken somehow get their claws into him and bring him back to where he uh, grew up 
I guess he was born, uh, spent most of his life in northern Minnesota. But um, I think the Kraken would definitely use him as a marketing piece should they be able to get him there. They they talked about Ovechkin maybe joining the uh, world championships, but now he's uh, injured as well. So he will not do that. I don't know whoever thought that would happen in the first place. But um, So there's a lot of things going on in the offseason. Your thought on the Kraken coming in, will they be anywhere near as successful as the Vegas Golden Knights? Uh, I don't think they're going to go to the Stanley Cup Finals, but I think that, that it's set up for them to do as well as the uh, Vegas Golden Knights did. Uh, there's there's going to be unprecedented player movement. Every when, As soon as one playoff series ends, you're going to say the same thing in that playoff series. Did X, Y, or Z play their last game for the for whoever team they're playing for. Because you're going to look at Edmonton. Is McDavid going to be traded in the offseason if, if Edmonton gets knocked out uh, on a sweep by Winnipeg? You know, Florida Panthers, are they going to dismantle and go to a rebuild if they don't uh, advance? Uh, Carolina. Carolina has their coach unsigned after the series. If they get knocked out in the first round to Nashville, does Rod Brindamore come back and coach them? So you're going to have an unprecedented movement because of the uh, – Regular NHL draft because of the the expansion draft, uh, you're going to see a lot of player movement in the summer of uh, 2000. Well, we talked earlier about the. I believe it's going to be Mike Van Ryan that gets the job uh, with the Coyotes. I think he's been groomed uh, under Bill Armstrong for a couple of years in St. Louis before Bill took the job uh, in Arizona. I think he's the guy they're looking to. Um, I would expect that announcement to come down the road. I've also heard a lot of rumors for a while now that uh, we're going to uh, be seeing Rick Tockett make a move to the Northwest and join the Seattle Kraken. Uh, I think that might be uh, maybe a month away before that announcement comes because I think Rick is still under contract uh, or still being paid by the Coyotes, and I got a feeling he might want to get all of his money. Um, and and then uh, when you look at uh, the rest of the uh, the NHL and what they might do, like you say, it's going to be unprecedented it's uh, been an unprecedented season uh past two seasons actually uh and now you're coming down to what's going to happen uh with all these different coaching changes and and things like that and let's not forget about the realignment because the uh, arizona coyotes are going to move to the, the central now uh after this season player movement teams moving it's going to be a historic summer it's going to be a fun off season but uh, we've got an even more fun playoff run still to, to talk about and a lot of good, uh, exciting hockey to talk about. Well, we're going to wrap up this edition by saying uh, if you want to see some great AHL hockey, it's going to be happening at T-Mobile Arena this week. Whenever that gets announced, I believe uh, that it's going to be Wednesday, Friday, and then Saturday if needed to uh, wrap it up. But uh, we will get that all for you tonight. Rob will keep his eyes on the Bakersfield-San Diego Gulls game for you tonight. I've got my eyes focused on the uh, Golden Knights and the uh, Minnesota Wild. And our Colorado Avalanche are uh, just kicking back, enjoying life, knowing that they've got home ice. And uh, they also have uh, completed their first-round series with a sweep. So, Rob, without further ado, take it away. Okay. The D Las Vegas Resort and Casino's Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly has been brought to you by Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila. Our new extra Anejo is aged at least three years before bottled. Get your bottle tonight at MexicanMoonshine.com. The D Las Vegas Resort and Casino, from the Fremont Street experience to the iconic American Coney Island restaurant, we are more than just great gaming action. Book your spot at TheD.com. Verizon Wireless, the 5G and 5G Ultra Band for business America's been waiting for. By summer skates, fall, winter, doesn't matter. We still like our, like to keep our drinks cold. Get your personalized koozies and shower shoes. Go to icetimehockeysw.com backslash partners and click on the summer skates banner. And buy, and buy Behind the Mask and BehindTheMask.com where we can provide for all your hockey needs on the ice or in line. See the website for our three Valley locations and more. Jesse Ray's Barbecue at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas, where despite how long it takes to eat your meal, there's so many delicious choices. It always seems to take a, lot long, a little longer to decide what to eat than you actually eat it. 
by M Drive, presenting partner of What Drives You. M Drive in the morning, relax at night. Our two-step system for energy, stamina, and recovery. The D Las Vegas Resort and Casinos Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly and all of Ice Time Hockey SW podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app, available for download at the iTunes Store, Podbean, the Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and on the TuneIn app. Ask Alexa to turn on your ITH SW podcast. Professional Southwest Weekly presented by the D Resort and Casino is a part of IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Ah, very well done. And you got through the first show with uh, no issues. I was more of an issue, I think, than you, Rob. So congratulations on, on getting through the first show. We look forward to uh, uh, many more really good shows. we got a lot of great hockey to get to. I know you got a game coming up very, very shortly, so we'll let you break away on that. And uh, we'll say goodnight with a little Roger Klein and the Peacemakers, De Niro. Good night. Good night, everybody. <laughs>